Hi everyone, uh, I'm here with uh, Sivan Kadosh. Um, I'm privileged to talk with him tonight about uh, product management. Uh, Sivan is a product ninja and uh, he has uh, also the, the domain to prove it. Uh, his domain is uh, productninja.co. Um, I know Ivan, Sivan uh, for uh, like, we met, I think, eight years ago uh, when you were at Trade uh, I think a bit more, more close to 10. Eight to 10 years, uh, you were at uh, Trade Networks and I was at FXGM with yeah. my brother uh, Gil. Yes. And uh, something that stuck uh, with me uh, ever since uh, when we were working together is uh, Gil uh, said a few times about you that uh, when you have a goal, and you push through walls to to achieve this uh, this goal, and yeah, uh, and uh, and I saw it. I saw this being true. Uh, I remember we the story where we were launching a project together. I think it was just when you went to Bulgaria uh, to trade networks to Internovus. And uh, we are launching a project together. And in typical fashion, uh, Gil was stressing me to stress everyone there. And I was stressing your team. Uh, you are, uh, I think they were a bit late to deliver. And uh, I, I remember them saying, um, tonight is, uh, today is uh, the day. We will not go to sleep until we deliver. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember everyone saying this and it was, uh, and uh, they delivered on that day and uh, everyone was happy. So Sivan, um, you wanna tell us a little bit about you, the companies you work with uh, from Trade Networks onward, and then we move on. Okay, uh, first of all, very, very nice to be here. Stavis, thank you very much for inviting me. Very welcome. I'm doing product management and in general technology management for the last 13 years. Um, I started back then in the iForex and then I moved to Trade Networks as you said, over there I was the VP of technology and product. Um, when I came, when I arrived to Trade Networks, I don't know if you remember, everything was, uh, it was a big mess over there. Mm -hmm. uh, all the systems, there was no uh, web application and uh, the CRM was um, hardly functioning. All the phone systems were uh, hardly functioning. It was very, very hard to start, but slowly, slowly in Thread Network, we started uh, create everything from scratch, basically. Uh, refactoring all the code and uh, creating all the, the infrastructure from scratch. And then the company offered me to move to Bulgaria uh, to start the, to recreate basically the, uh, the company, the technology company here in Bulgaria. And this is what I did. They bought me a sleeping bag and a one-way ticket. And they, they told me, until you're, uh, you're done, don't come back. And, <laughs> And as, as a guy that uh, have to achieve the challenges that uh, one, one's putting in front of him, so this is what I did. And I created a, a company called Internovus. Later on, it was, the name was changed to Naxx. 
it was uh, in the peak it was something like 300 people so it was pretty big company with a lot of technologies uh, from all kinds of disciplines and it was very very interesting and after a few years i felt that i need some new, new challenges so i started a new startup and in the, the startup in the startup we were focusing on marketing technologies and it actually went very very well and uh, two years ago i uh, i sold my part and since then i'm free i'm doing okay. consulting before we move on, I have Cypriot accent, you have Hebrew accent. Do you uh, think I'm sorry for my, I, I, I <laughs> no, know, no. listen, I know, this is, this is, it's, it's, it's ultra noticeable. I'm sorry for my, no my problem. Uh, my, mine is even worse. So I'm saying no, no. Cypriot accent, Hebrew accent. Do you think any, anyone will understand anything? I, I, hope, I, I, hope, I hope, I hope. We'll do our, hope, we'll do our best. But I am. Um, what I like about your experience is that you are a product guy, but you also did, uh, you were CEO in companies ranging from 50 people to 300 people. So you know product, but you are also know the, um, the, surroundings. From, the surroundings from the management side and also talking with shareholders like the, the you, you know, from various angles. Yeah. So, um what we want, I, I think, people to get out of this uh, discussion is why product management is important in companies. And uh, I think we'll go over a few case studies and, uh, no and uh, we will discuss about uh, product management for the, for the normal people, like for the, uh, not only for uh, uh, talking with the, the lingo of, uh, of product managers. No, no problem. I will try to keep it low as possible. Um, or uh, understood as possible. Mm -hmm. um, look, in the end, technology companies or product companies, uh, specifically companies that are making their uh, money from uh, the, in the online industry, I'm talking about gambling, gaming, Forex, um, all the brothers and sisters of this industry, um, they are selling, they are selling um, their uh, their um, online presence, and if their um, products won't be good enough, people won't come. It's it's uh, it's it's basic uh, basic uh, logic, and this is why I believe that every CEO in these industries must be deep uh, deep inside the product. He needs to know every bit and every byte of the product. And um, if, if it's not the case or something is wrong and the company is not functioning well, and I saw it, uh, I saw it live. And um, leave the fact that it's my true passion dealing with product. And I think that this is the, this is the engine be behind each company. Um, as I told you, I think that, that it's the, um, Without it, a, a good CEO cannot really function. And this is what I try to do in every company that I went. First of all, I took over the product department and then uh, my way to take over the, the entire uh, company was pretty easy. 
from the product you are able to uh, to control compliance processes um, all kinds of operational processes that you have in the company everything practically if you are building the tools to support the processes you are becoming the process and and the, um, and the entire company is dependent on on you and on your knowledge and uh, this is what I try to do uh, this is why the product is important for me as, as a, a managing person um, in, in technology companies. This is why um, it's important for me. Uh, this is my baseline. This is my, uh, the first thing that I'm trying to achieve when I'm entering to a new company. Even when I'm doing consulting, um, I'm trying to understand how the product supports the business and through this to give the, the, the product solutions. You make a very good point that uh, with uh, you need to have a great product in order to succeed. And, you know, because your background is product, you say this. Maybe someone who with a marketing background, maybe he will say that if I have an average product, uh, but a great marketing, I, um, I can succeed uh, rather than having a great product, but very bad marketing what do you think about this let's let's if you want to dive into the details let's dive into the details in this aspect look in order to do good marketing you need money you need good ltv you need the low low uh, cost of acquisition right mm -hmm. in order to have good ltv i never saw good ltv that is uh, that is being achieved with a low-end product so in the end, what the, the product quality rules, and if the product quality is low, the marketing guys won't be able to pay affiliates. They won't be able, nobody will agree to work with them because the LTV is low. Mm -hmm. And um, if you have good marketing automations in place, and you are able to, uh, to increase the, the LTV, then you have more money for marketing and you have more money to scale up. And, uh, and I understand what the marketing people are saying, but uh, it's not true. <laughs> it's, it's not true. First of all, you have to have good product. And I'm not talking about good product in the sense of uh, the best user interface or the best customer, customer experience. This is not the best product. The best product is the one that serves the company's uh, goals in the best way possible. In terms of uh, revenue, I guess. Yes, in terms of revenue, of course. Very if, good. Even, if the, even if the user experience is not very good, but in the end you are able to achieve very good LTV, I'm okay with this. Definitely. And uh, I remember um, a, a comp the company Plus 500, uh, um, everyone wanted to emulate their product uh, yes. because and nobody succeeded by the way and nobody succeeded yeah. and and looking at that product uh, I, I wouldn't think that uh, it converted amazing uh, but uh, we know that it uh, like the client lifetime value uh, of users over there was great and uh, a lot of them, a lot of companies tried to copy them, but they couldn't. Why do you think? Uh... Look, the, the, uh, the uh, LTV of, uh, 
of an average customer in plus 500, if I remember it well, it's $1,600. The acquisition cost is around $800. I'm talking with you, I read the last report a year ago or so, something like this. Mm -hmm. And so they have a margin of $800. What is the point over there? That they are able to do it in a very, very big scale. Because the, con the conversion rate over there, because the brand is so strong, mm -hmm. they are able to, uh, to achieve good conversion rate. They have the systems in place um, to uh, support this entire self-conversion process. And um, they are able to do it in a, in a high scale um, and they are not dependent on any salespeople or retention people. This is the secret. If you are doing it in big scale and you can see it in the, the reports, they're they are recruiting, I think, thousands, uh, tens of thousands of customers every quarter. So they are able to do it in a very, very big scale and it's very hard to, to copy. Um, in, in terms of, uh, you mentioned earlier about um, um, having a great product and uh, a, a, lo a lot of uh, people are saying that uh, you can have a, an MVP product and uh, just the, the basic functionality should, uh, should be there and then you can build on that. But where is the fine line between basic functionality and having a two basic product? Money, money is the fine line. When when the, the MVP is making, um, is is achieving your goals, you know that you are in the right spot to start building an A/B test and do all the actions in order to start scaling it up in terms of functionality. But you are doing it slowly. Um, um, you, first of all, you are stabilizing your MVP. You are checking if your MVP is producing the money that it's supposed to produce. If it's, if it's uh, producing it, good, you're on the, on the right track. Then start testing slowly, slowly, start adding functionality, functionalities, not, you know, not, don't go crazy. Add um, uh, some functionality, test it, make sure that it's uh, um, adding, adding revenue to your, uh, to your pockets. If everything is working well, implement it and continue continue scaling up. This is my methodology. I don't like to create all kinds of uh, white elephants, you know, the very big products with lots of functionality and, and uh, functionalities. And in the end, we know that 70% of the functionalities nobody's using. And we wasted time and we wasted money and we wasted efforts. No need to do it. Start small, grow as you go. Very good, very good idea. In terms of, um, um, okay, we discuss, we keep saying product, but uh, I think we need to define what product means uh, to you and basically for this discussion, because uh, someone might say uh, for them product is a retail product, for someone else it can be an informational product. Um, tell us, uh, from what angle we are uh, discussing here? Look, never mind what is the physical, uh, uh, how the how the product physically exists in the in the in, in the space. Uh, in the end, the product it's it's a tool that's supposed to uh, produce uh, money. This is it. Now, if it's a pencil, so it's a pencil. 
and it has to be a very attractive pencil and uh, you have to have a very uh, good grip uh, in, the, in this pencil and you have to, uh, to have a good cover in order the ink not to, not to dry up. You have to create a good product in order people to, to consume it and then to consume it once again and to have a good LTV. And, uh, and never mind if it's a pencil or a technology product where people are um, buying something or trading something or playing something. Um, in the end, the product, it's a set of functionalities that have to produce some goal. This is it. Um, for me, the, the, the ultimate goal always is money. That's money. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good goal to have. Yeah. No, in, in, ter in, in terms of product, the goal is always money. You know, I see all, all kinds of theoretical product managers people that are too busy with creating very sophisticated and interesting UX and UI, and they are forgetting the, the, the main reason that we are producing our products. The main reason is to produce money, and this has to be in front of our eyes all the time. Every small feature, feature that we are doing has to produce money. And if it, 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 it's not producing money, it has to have some kind of other very important functionality. Either it has to support the survivability of the, of the product, you know, in terms of technology, either it has to have some um, reason um, of uh, compliance maybe, or all kinds of legal issues. But other than these two, survivability and compliance or legal, everything has to be aligned with the uh, company business goals. If it's not aligned, it has to go out of the, out of the list and out of the product. Okay, I guess uh, you had lots of uh, discussions and arguments uh, with different people yeah. for, for features. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are coming and telling me this and this is very, very important. This, we must do it. We, must, we have to do it tomorrow. By the way, Gil is very good in this. We have to do it tomorrow. This good is very good. But why it's important? Why? Yes. You it will do this and that. Okay, but if it will do this, this and that, so what will, you know, what... How, how we can monetize it, how we can produce money out of it. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. So if you so, don't know, go make your homework, come back when you know. So someone has to sell it to you and convince you that no, this, this feature... It needs to sell it to the company. It needs to come with... A, when everyone is asking for a feature, it's coming with a small business plan in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an it's Excel sheet that um, is... Uh, uh, that is with the estimations, what this feature is supposed to produce in the next six months. And the, the owner of the feature has to make sure that this feature is producing the, the, the forecast and if it's that, he, that he presented. And if it's not producing, he have a big problem. And next time, nobody will uh, listen to him so fast. Definitely. And you, you mentioned in, previous discussion we had that uh, it's uh, very important for a data data person to be part of the yeah. of yeah. the product team uh, why do you think so uh, please well, elaborate the same exact reason that i told you before listen when someone is coming to ask for a feature okay i will start even even earlier the goal of the product team is to support the, the, uh, the pursuing 
of the company business goals. This is the this is the goal of the, the product team. And, and if someone is coming to ask for a feature, we have to have a, a data guy that first of all will validate the small business plan that this guy is presenting. Okay. And once we we were convinced and we saw, okay, this have this feature really have something in it. It's going to produce more more uh, uh, revenue for the company, then we are developing it and the data guy is responsible to follow it up to make sure that this uh, feature has its own targets and it's achieving the targets. And we are escorting the, the, this feature for six months, making sure that it's on the right track. After six months, uh, we know that it was implemented well, it's producing what it's supposed to produce and we can release it. But the data guy, is a very, it's a he's a key guy in this team and he's responsible to make sure that the product team is producing only money generating products fair enough and with regards to um, uh, um I, I remember you 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 did a, a case study on uh, on iforex um regarding uh, data mining and yeah. uh, achieving uh, results. Can you yeah. Yeah. go over it? When we talked about plus 500, we, we said that everything is about scaling up. The problem is that not all the companies are able to scale up without adding more salespeople and more retention people. In iFox, we understood it and uh, we decided to make a pilot and, 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 and in this pilot, we, we aimed to predict um, who are the big players among uh, millions of leads. Um, IFOX uh, were getting, uh, I think, 1 million leads a month, something like this. And unfortunately, they had to, to call each customer and to uh, make the entire sales process in order to discover if he's, uh, if he's a big player or not. Now, this process consumes a lot of time and it consumes, it needs um, a lot of people to, to be done. So uh, we developed a, a model in Clementine, back then it was Clementine, it was a software for data mining that uh, was able after two weeks and that the customer, the, the lead is in our system, it was able to predict if this customer will become a big player or not in 70% accuracy. What does it mean? It means that instead of dealing with 1 million leads, you are dealing only with, I don't know, one, one, uh, 100,000 leads a month. And you know in 70% confidence that these 100 uh, leads will become big players. And now, as you most probably know, 90% of the money is being generated by 10% of the customers. So we, uh, the entire, uh, this entire pilot was supposed to find this 10% beforehand and not going over all the 100% in order to discover, to discover the, one, the 10%. We tried to do it beforehand and it was very, very successful. How did you arrive at this number, 70%? The, 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 you, you have uh, two sets of data in the, when you are doing data mining. The data that the machine is learning on 
And the, half, the other half is the, the testing data. Once you have the model uh, ready, you are testing the model on the 50% of the data that the machine doesn't, the machine is not familiar with. And then you see what is the accuracy of your uh, model. You know, okay, I, uh, in 70%, 70% uh, of the time I was predicting and, and I was right, and in 30% I was predicting and I was wrong. Okay. You mentioned machine learning. Um, what are your thoughts about AI and uh, how it can uh, enhance products in tech industry? Look, first of all, machine learning is everywhere today. Uh, people um, are not very familiar with this, but when you are um, scrolling through your feed in Facebook, um, everything is being done by machine learning. Um, all the the promotions that you see is being done by machine learning. And they know exactly who are you, what is your taste, what is your previous uh, purchase behavior, um, uh, what products you like, and they are um, adjusting your feed accordingly. So it's everywhere. Um, Google and Facebook and uh, Shopify and all these kind of these giants are using it constantly. The small companies, unfortunately, the small and medium companies are still not there, but they don't have a choice uh, because if they won't be there, they will be out of the market. Um, if companies, specifically in the online industry, if companies want to be able to stay on, market, uh, on the market and they want to be able to scale up, they have to implement machine learning um, concepts in their product starting from uh, what is the right lead for the right salesperson to handle now. Mm -hmm. Okay, what, you know, you can, you can match the right lead to the right salesperson in order to optimize the conversion rate, right? Yeah. And this, this um, a human being cannot do it. The machine will do it. Um, this is a project that, uh, that we did and the machine is doing it almost perfectly. The conversion rate is is skyrocketing when, when, uh, when you are doing it. So starting from this and also uh, what ads to show to potential leads. You know, if I showed you a set of ads uh, in Yahoo and you didn't uh, react to this, uh, to this ads, the machine will, uh, will understand what is your taste according to uh, what you didn't react to and what you did react to, and it will show you the relevant ads. Uh, so machine learning is everywhere. And, and uh, it's the future. Yeah, and if, if, if companies won't, uh, won't jump on the wagon, the wagon mm -hmm. will, uh, will drive away. Okay, so we, we, we said that uh, AI is everywhere and it's the future. Uh, I, I remember talking to you before and you told me you are not a big fan of uh, blockchain. Um, no, it's not, it's not that I'm not a big fan. I, I don't have practical experience on blockchain. Okay, but you, from, from what you know, you think it's also uh, one of the key technologies that will dominate in the future? Okay, um, the blockchain, distributed contracts in general, mm -hmm. uh, when, when uh, 
the, uh, I forgot the, the name. Just a second, let me. The quantum computing is, uh, when the quantum com computing is around the corner, around the corner now. And it means that all the encryptions that uh, the standard encryptions that you, we are used to are basically will go to the garbage uh, very, very soon. And the distributed contracts is, are, do, are giving pretty good uh, answers uh, to this uh, problem. But again, I don't know too much on the blockchain in order to to dive deep into it, so I will pass. Yeah, well, uh, you shouldn't, like, you should focus on the on your core confidence yes, yes, and yes, try yes. to be everything. Yeah. Um, okay, so now with, uh, we're having this discussion during COVID, hopefully it's uh, towards, the, towards the end of the lockdown for Israel yeah. and Cyprus, and hopefully for the rest of the world. And, um, during this lockdown period, um, everyone was forced to, to work from home. But this, uh, let's say, dream uh, was in everyone's mind in the, from before. Like, yeah. I, I want to not commute and uh, work from home, work from everywhere remotely. Yeah. How uh, possible is it? And what was your experience during this uh, lockdown? Look, when, when I was the CEO of Naxx, everybody asked me to work from home at least once a week, twice a week. Every day I, I got a, a new request to work from home. And I always refused. I, I didn't believe in it. Um, I thought that uh, when someone is working from home, it's not really working, the kids, um, all kinds of uh, uh, things, yes, and distractions are... Are, uh, will prevent him from working. And after two years, when uh, we established uh, TikTok, people started working from home. Um, the, the, the guys over there pushed, pushed a lot, and, and I saw that the performance are not, uh, are not degrading. On the contrary, people that are working from home are producing even more. And I understood that it's a matter of maturity of the manager. If the manager is mature enough and he's building this kind, this uh, um, strong trust relationship with his employees, it's possible. It's possible and it will, even be, it will be even beneficial for the organization. Uh, I admit I was not mature enough back then, uh, but um, after my experience in TikTok and um, after um, I saw um, other companies, specifically in the COVID-19, that are working uh, amazingly, Booking.com, by the way, um, I know some uh, people that are working inside, they're working uh, flawlessly uh, from home. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in it, and I hope that it will... Uh, that this trend is here to stay even after the COVID-19. So you had a change of heart, huh? Yeah, indeed. And I'm telling you, I think that this is, it, it was a maturity thing. Um, um, I grew up and I understood some things that I didn't understood before. 
That's good. Um, so you think it should be um, like, um, okay, obviously you, don't, you, you think that uh, work from home should be part of the uh, work working culture, but should, do you think it should be like 100% work from home or should be a hybrid? It could be a hybrid. I don't believe in uh, in one hundred percent in anything. So uh, because there is always things that are not uh, fitting to the to this frame. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that in the end it will be hybrid. Uh, in the end, people have to see each other in their eyes, and to, they have to touch each other. They have to smell each other, and they have to have this uh, human personal uh, touch. Yeah, th this personal touch. So. Um, I think that uh, there is no, uh, nobody will be able to escape it. The world won't be able to escape it. It's going there to the to the work from, from home uh, thing, the remote uh, working. But 100%, uh, but I don't believe it, that it would be ever 100%. I also agree, like a hybrid uh, yeah. uh, solution uh, has the best of both worlds. Yes, yes. So what do you think this, uh, what are the, let's say, benefits or like, uh, what can we take out of this lockdown, out of this uh, thing that happened now to use in the future uh, when everything will uh, get back to normal? You know, when I started with the trade networks, I had two very important plans uh, that I pushed everybody to implement and nobody understood why I'm pushing so hard. One was the DRP, Disaster Recovery Plan. Mm -hmm. and the second one was Continuity Plan. Okay. These two plans are supposed to protect you in case of, uh, of catastrophe. The DRP, it's easy, you know, you're building a, an alternative site. Um, I'm talking about the technical site with all the servers, the firewalls, everything. You are building it in, in the other part of the world. And you are making sure that if something is happening to your main site, you are always uh, able to move to the other site without damaging the experience of your customers. <laughs> this is one thing. Uh, nobody understood why we need it until Amazon, uh, uh, their data centers got burned uh, and they were down for I don't know how many weeks. And, uh, and then everybody understood that the DRP is ultra, ultra important. The other part of the, uh, that, I was, that it was very important to me is the business continuity plan. In case of something happens, and in Israel it's very common, it's happening every 10 years. In case of a war is happening, when a war is happening, nobody's able to go to the office, everybody are locked at home, the business has to still function. We have responsibility, we have customers, we have money in our hand, and we have to make sure that we are still able to deliver. And I pushed it very, very, very hard, uh, and we created uh, this continuity plan, and uh, we bought to all the key figures laptop, we made sure to practice it once, uh, once in a quarter, and uh, we never used it, but it was in place. And uh, the COVID-19 is proving to everybody that uh, business continuity plan is a must in, in every organization. And this is, uh, this is what I think most of all the organizations uh, learned from this crisis, that, uh, that they have to be prepared 
that the organization will continue functioning even if people are staying at home and there is some, I don't know, um, some epidemic or some war or some, uh, uh, I don't know, earthquake, the, 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 the company have to still function in, in any circumstances. And if this is, you know, uh, for some of the companies, this, this lesson cost, uh, costed uh, millions or billions. So I hope that everybody learned their lesson. Definitely, uh, uh, like everyone was forced to adapt. Some, some companies adapted uh, better than others, but... Uh, some, some other companies didn't, didn't adapt it because they couldn't work it out in such a short, short term. There are, you think there are companies that, that did not adapt at all? Yes, they just they shut down their activity. Sometimes it's also the nature of the company, right? Yes, yes, also. Traditional businesses, um, like, let's say, insurance consultants, um, maybe um, like doctors or like businesses that are uh, not tech. they've been forced now to move a lot of their services, like to move online because they had no choice. Do you think uh, this can continue? Like uh, they, they will take away this with, with them? Look, the clever people, the clever businesses or the clever uh, uh, service, service providers didn't wait for the COVID-19 to to start their online presence. And not only the online presence, their online uh, uh, activity in terms of um, getting customers and getting paid online. Um, I think that, you know, uh, if you are a lawyer in Cyprus and you are, uh, you are specializing in international law, why to limit yourself to get customers only from Cyprus? In the end, Cyprus is a very small market. If you are able to get uh, customers from all over the world and uh, give them the consulting consulting services uh, in Zoom or whatever platform, never mind, why not? Your cost of acquisition will be much much lower if you if you if you are competing in a non-competitive market. Why not to do it? So I think I think that that companies or service providers specifically that wants to, to, uh, uh, to expand their, uh, their businesses in a low cost, this is the ultimate thing to do. So not only to serve the existing clients, but also open opportunities yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, that they didn't think it was possible before this. Yes, yes. I'm talking about lawyers, coaches, um, I have a friend that is uh, doing it. Uh, he's a homeopathic uh, healer. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, everything that is uh, that is uh, concerning words and, uh, and not uh, physical treatment. Why not? You uh, you you have a case study uh, um, for offline to online uh, on your blog. Yeah. Uh, do you think the, this case study is realistic for many offline businesses? Like the to, to like to to marry, let's say, the online world and in, include affiliate system and uh, 
to have all the a mixture of the online strategies and uh, apply them offline. I I think that we have to have a, uh, an adapter in 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 the middle, someone that will something that will um, that will connect the online and the offline together without the offline people to. Like a, a company, like a platform. Yes, like a like, platform. Exactly. Like, like a Uber, Uber, but for yeah. uh, for this thing, something exactly. to facilitate uh, this transition. Exactly. So, something that the offline business, as a, as a lawyer or as a coacher, can um, enter to this platform, and he's with few buttons, he's able to start getting customers from uh, affiliate marketers. And for him, it's almost seamlessly. It's, he's not, he's not um, actively doing anything. He's just creating the offer. He's saying, okay, I'm willing uh, to pay for every cust new customer that someone is bringing, bringing me. I'm willing to pay $50. And affiliates are seeing it um, somewhere. And they are starting uh, driving uh, uh, traffic to his website. And in his website, we have uh, some kind of uh, a payment method uh, screen, payment screen, and the customer is paying, and the, the platform is splitting the money between the service provider and the affiliate, and for every, every and everybody are happy. Uh, as you said, it's uh, it's an entire idea that is uh, that is uh, written very detailed in the blog. So uh, very, it was very interesting. I, I read it and uh, now that you are saying that uh, uh, there should be an adapter to uh, facilitate this process, it makes even more sense because, yeah, because a lot because of the off offline, offline people, offline businesses are not offline by chance. Yes. They are, yes. They are offline, offline and they don't, a lot of them, I think, don't know their uh, client lifetime value. Exactly. So if they don't know, someone needs to educate them. Uh, when they figure out their client lifetime value, they will know how much to pay to, um, to affiliates. Yeah. And they can open lots of uh, um, uh, avenues for, the, uh, for them to, to come, for business to come to them. Yeah. without spending uh, money think about it it's also it's a perfect deal for the affiliate as well from his point of view uh, because um, the amount that service providers are charging is usually a big amount you know 100 150 dollars per session and these sums of first deposit mm -hmm. we are seeing only in very few industries Yes. Okay, uh, and and affiliates, if they will have suddenly thousands of service providers that are selling their services in in one hundred, two hundred dollars per session, suddenly it will be very profitable also for the affiliates. Of so, course, and I the way I see it is that um, if I know, like, if I'm a chiropractor, for example, I know that on average I see someone uh, maybe. 50 times uh, yeah. in, their, in their lifetime. Yeah. I, can, I can afford to give um, even 200% uh, uh, of, the, of, the, of the first uh, Absolutely. visit. Absolutely, absolutely, or RevShare. RevShare, yeah. you know, uh, this is the easiest thing. Every customer that you are bringing me, 30% is going to you. Man, 
30%, let's say uh, uh, this guy is charging $100 for 50 uh, uh, meetings. How much is it? $5,000, $5,000 LTV. Man, this is something that we are seeing um, in uh, very few industries. So I think that it's a very profitable, it can be a very profitable platform. Um, maybe someone will, uh, will take it. Maybe someone it. will do it. Yeah. yeah. So I have a, um, another question that um, it's, um, it, it's not about product per se, but um, we discussed the other day about, you know, there are companies that are uh, operators or brokers and um, they also have a technology side of mm -hmm. the business. Do you think that uh, a, a company can be ve can be successful in both aspects? They can be uh, amazing in terms of revenue operator and also uh, a very successful tech company. I I really believe that water and uh, and oil cannot be mixed, and uh, also in this aspect, uh, it cannot be mixed and it should not be mixed. If both companies, uh, both not both companies but both segments, um, are working completely separately, um, they can achieve good excellence rate um, in both segments. Uh, but if the CEO of the brand is the one that is leading also the technology company or vice versa, this is a recipe for disaster. But okay, what you are saying now is, uh, isn't it, isn't this contradicting a bit with what we said earlier about uh, plus 500? Because what is plus 500, a broker or a technology company? It's a good question. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not familiar too much with the details. Um, the owner, one of the owners over there, um, is the husband of a very good friend of mine, and I met him uh, 20 years ago in a bar when he just started the plus 500. Um, he's a very geeky guy. So my first answer to you is that it's a technology company. So uh, so. Uh, he, he, First, it should be a strong technology company uh, and then the rest uh, can fall into place. Maybe, I don't know. You know, I read an article not, not long ago um, about what, uh, what affects your chances to be a billionaire uh, in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. There are only 2,000 and something billionaires in the world and the thing that is affecting your chances is luck. The thing that is affecting your chances the most is luck. You know, it's a matter of You believe of luck. in luck? I, I, I was convinced to believe that this is the most important thing. And I'm telling you also about Plus 500. You know, we can search a lot of ingredients, what made them very, very successful. But something happened over, the, over there that created a chain of events that, that made them very, very successful. And I, talk, I don't think that you, we can put the finger and we can say, okay, this, this is the, 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 the ingredient or this is the part that made them the, uh, the success that they are. And I think that it's, um, it's a mixture of luck. It's a mixture of uh, luck and uh, competency. Yes. I think if you keep pushing and you keep trying, exactly. you, 
eventually you get lucky. So exactly, exactly. Very good. I think we we had a great discussion tonight. I yeah. think we it was very interesting. Yeah, I, um, I was enjoying it too. Thank you very much for uh, being on the show. Where could uh, people uh, find out more about Sivan? And uh... you, can, you can check my LinkedIn profile and you can check also the product ninja.co as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, whomever needs help or consulting or whatever, I'm always here to, to, to help. help. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much, Sivan. Stelis, thank you very Take much for care. having me. Good luck with your uh, podcast also. Thank you. uh, We'll be in touch. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Juan. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.